As, as Christians, as believers, we follow Christ. We follow Christ as our supreme example. We begin, as we follow Him, as disciples, we begin to put on His characteristics, His attributes, right? And as the Word of God says, we begin to put off some of our own. Put off, the Bible calls it, the old man. As fathers... On Father's Day, Happy Father's Day, by the way, for the fathers, uh, we have a great example to follow through God the Father and through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, is the head of the church. And he makes clear that that the church and, and Christ, the example that's there in the husband and the wife and the family that God has so wonderfully laid out from the beginning of the scripture really to the end, but specifically there in Ephesians. And men, we begin to see the example that Christ gives us by His way that He treats the church and the way that He is to the church. And we begin to see our roles as fathers and our roles in the family. Now, as we sang the song this morning, Jesus Christ is all we need. He is our all in all. He fulfills everything and all that we need. But there's three offices that I'd like to pull out this morning that Christ fulfills for us as believers, as Christians. And then kind of take an example of that on how we as fathers can begin to copy Him or begin to follow His example to our home and to our family. Christ fulfills to us as believers. He fulfills a prophet a priest, and a king. Those three things Christ is for us. Now, there were were these um, examples in the Old Testament. There was prophets, there was priests, there was kings. And today, Jesus Christ is those things for us and to us. He fulfills those for us. Jesus Christ is a prophet. You know, it's interesting when you think of the difference, like in the Old Testament specifically, the difference between a prophet and a priest. A prophet would be one that would hear from God and would, in a a general sense, he would hear from God and then give God's word or God's message uh, to the people. It's the simplest, simple, simple form of saying that. He would hear and then he would proclaim the thing that God would have for the people. Now the difference between the prophet then and the priest is the priest would then hear a lot many times from the people and go to God for the people. Now the priest had other things that he would do. He would, he would take the, the commandments or the, the things that the prophet had said from God and he would serve in those things and continue, continue in those things. But as a prophet, Jesus Christ is our prophet. He prophesied to us. He can, you know, it's interesting to think of Christ as a prophet because in much of the Old Testament, the prophets prophesied of Christ, the Messiah that would come. And so he being the the subject that they would prophesy about when he came, he fulfilled their prophecies in his coming, but he came as a prophet also. 
He spoke for the Lord. He spoke for the Father. He spoke for God. He says in John chapter 12 and verse 50, he says, I know that this commandment is, uh, his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father saith unto me, so I speak. Jesus Christ, our prophet, as he preached, as he told us of the future, you know, he told us that he was the way, the truth, and the life. He prophesied the way to eternal life, and he prophesied of who he was in the door, the way into Christ, and the way into God. As our priest, Jesus Christ, our priest, he offered our sacrifice. See, the priests in the Old Testament, they would offer sacrifices for the people, right? They would bring your sacrifice and they would offer it. And Jesus Christ, He offered our sacrifice for us. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Not only was Jesus Christ the priest that offered the sacrifice, but Jesus Christ was also the sacrifice. He was also our sacrifice, our eternal sacrifice for sin. He is our high priest today, right now. Jesus Christ is our high priest and He makes intercession for us. He is the one. That's why when we pray, we pray in what? Jesus' name. It's because of Jesus Christ that we can go to the Father. He makes intercession for us. The priests in the Old Testament would make intercession and the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25, Wherefore He is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him. You know, salvation is through and by no other than Jesus Christ. He is able, He is able to save whosoever will. And whosoever comes to God, He will in no wise cast out. He said that He is able to save them that come to God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. Jesus Christ now, as He serves us, that's amazing to think, a high priest serves us in making intercession for us. Therefore, now we can come boldly before the throne of grace to find help in time of need. We can come to God in prayer. Why? Because of the office He fulfills for us as our priest. Jesus Christ, He's our King. We call Him our Lord and Savior. He is our King. Now, the King, there was kings set up in the Old Testament, and and the King really was supposed to take on the character of, of God. Right? As Christians, that's what we are to do. We're to put it on. But, you know, so many of the kings of the Old Testament, they were corrupted. We can see their human depravity. But the one probably that was the closest picture to our King, Jesus Christ, was King David. 
King David, he was a shepherd king. Jesus Christ not only is a shepherd king, but he's also a servant king. He's a servant king, but he is the king. And he's the king of kings and lord of lords, as we'll read in a second. And he is the he is the perfect, he is the perfect character of God. I mean the perfect character of God. Jesus Christ as man was the perfect character of God. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, the Bible says, Who is the image? Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. In Hebrews it says that Jesus Christ was the express image of God. And so when we look upon Jesus Christ, you say, what does God look like? Jesus Christ. The image of God is Jesus Christ. He's the express image of God. He is the, he is the image of the invisible God, Jesus Christ. And he takes on this <coughs> character of God, therefore being the king uh, that is in righteousness, just, and holy. Take your Bibles. I love this passage in Revelation chapter 19. You know, Jesus Christ, when he was our priest, He came as a sacrifice. He came as a lamb. He is just, uh, he came just, you know, as he stood before Pilate, he opened not his mouth as a lamb goes before the slaughter. But when he returns, when Jesus Christ comes back in his second coming, he's not coming as the lamb that he came the first time. He's coming as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. Revelation chapter eleven or chapter nineteen, begin with me in verse eleven as we read the second coming of Christ. The account here that John saw, uh, given a revelation by Jesus Christ, that says in verse eleven, and I saw, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and him that sat on him, who's called faithful and true, and in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. His eyes, this is Christ, were as a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, and with it he shall smite the nations, and rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Talking about Jesus Christ as he comes back, and as as the armies and the enemies, they want to fight God and rise up against God, then Jesus Christ comes back as King of kings and Lord of lords. He is our King, and He is just and holy as our King. As we take a look here on Father's Day, our place as fathers in our children's life, God gives, God gives us our children. The children that we have, He, he entrusts us with them. He gives them. Those are gifts. Wonderful, amen? We're thankful, for, we're thankful for what God gives us, but then he, he gives us the example of what Christ is to us and then what fathers are to their children as prophet, priest, and king in their home. 
As a prophet, I don't know if you, you, know, you think of yourself, dad, as a prophet, but you think of a, a prophet, what does he do? A prophet hears from God. Now, I, I, again, I don't want, there's the stereotypes, I don't want us to think that dad needs to be this uh, religious, perfect person. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, but dad needs to hear from God. Dad needs to hear from God. I mean, in his own way, in a manly way, in the way that God created him. But hear from God. Well, that's a responsibility. That's a, that is a, a, a way to bear to think that, hey, I, I need to hear from God for my family. I need to hear from God for my children. And then, and then I need to show them and teach them what I believe. You know, it's important that dad teaches their children what they believe. Show them what they believe and what they trust and what their faith is in to their God. The Bible says in Ephesians, you can turn there, chapter 6, we'll look at a few passages in Ephesians, chapter 6. You know, prophet, one way of thinking this is the preacher. The preacher, the proclaimer. You can think of yourself as the preacher of your home or the teacher. The teacher of your home. Now, dad's... Dads, you know what they do for, for the children? They teach them things, right? If you think back on what your dad, you know, may have taught you is what? How to ride a bike, right? Maybe how to swim. My dad, he taught me how to hunt. Taught me, you know, how to fish a little bit. There's some things that my dad would have taught me and did teach me. My dad also taught me to pray. And he never, not so much as in a classroom setting, but there has been many times as a teenager that I was certainly wandering away from God. And my dad did a lot of work in the workshop around a table saw and a chop saw. And there have been times that I would uh, stumble in on him praying, kneeling down next to his table saw. That taught me some things. As a teenager, as a young person that... uh, I saw that, and, and, and I knew many times that those prayers were for me in the state that I was in, in the direction that I was going, but he taught me some things. He taught me that no matter how strong a man is, no matter how proud he is, that in trouble we still have to turn to God. Amen. That in trouble we still have to trust in God for everything. That God is our strength and that God is our refuge and that God is our protector. In Ephesians chapter four or six and verse four, he says, And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is a responsibility that the Bible gives to the Father. Hey Father, it's your role as the prophet of the home to bring up your children in the ways of the Lord, to teach them about the Lord, to teach them about God. You know, I think of the, the preacher, the teacher, also the promoter, you know? I mean, sometimes the prophet, sometimes he brought bad news when he heard from God, but sometimes he brought, and many times he brought wonderful, great news, news of deliverance, news of a be- bright and beautiful future. I think of a father being able to speak, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not here to try and change who men are. Men are men. Women are women. I'm not trying to change that. You know, sometimes guys don't say as much as the ladies do. I'm not trying to change that. I'm just saying from time to time, though, for a man 
for a father to be able to speak something into their children's life of saying, I know that God loves you and has a plan for your life and you're going to do great things. I believe that. I believe that you can tell your children these things that, hey, no matter what life throws at you and no matter what you go through, God will be with you if you'll trust Him and you'll believe. You can promote that. You know, as parents, we can promote our children in education. Very good. We can promote our children in sports. Very good. We can promote our children in all kinds of things, but don't forget to promote your child and your children in the ways of the Lord as the prophet of your home. Promote your child in that and to grow and to speak those words, those words of life that the Bible says in Proverbs that we hold in our mouth, words of life. Sometimes it's hard to say those things. I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to change who a man is. A man sometimes, you know, sometimes a man, a man just holds it in, and that's okay. He just holds it in. He takes it. He takes the beating that the, you know is coming. And he, but sometimes it's good to say, "Hey, I've got words of life for you as my children, and to help and to promote and to bring them up." I think of our role as a father, as a priest priest of your home. Now, as we go through this, your personality, you may be one you you may be stronger in one of these points. It may be easier for you to be the prophet to give a vision to help and to and to speak words of life or teach. A priest may be harder for you or a king may be harder for you. One of these things you may be better at or and and stronger at, but as a priest in your home, you know, priest life, if you think back about what they were, it was based and centered on prayer and service. They served. They served the people. They served uh, the house of God, right? That's what the priests did. They were in service. You know, again, I'm going back to this I'm not trying to, to, to put men into a, a stereotype of, of religion or religious. But listen, men need to pray. Fathers, we need to pray. We've got to pray. Now our prayer, uh, men may be different. Your prayer life may be a little uh, different than others. But taking things to God and leaving them there. Being able to take things to the Lord and then being able to let our children know that, hey, I'm a, I, I pray. We're praying together. Getting the family together and praying together and teaching our children to pray. God help me. I'm in big trouble. <laughs> you know, those type of prayers. But then don't forget to say, hey, God delivered us. God helped us. God has seen us through and God has answered our prayers as a family. When you think of a priest, you think of someone that gives service and gives of themselves. What was, what is the greatest gift that Jesus Christ gave us? It's Himself. As a priest of our home, that's what we're to give. That's what we're to give to our children is ourself. Selflessness, giving of our giving of ourselves. In Ephesians chapter five, you're in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter five and verse twenty-five, talking about husband and wife relationship. But this goes together in the home. He says, "Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it." You know how He proved His love. 
You know how he proved his love to the church? He gave himself. And that's what, hey, listen, as the priest of our home, as we serve our home, that's what our children need, is they need us. They need us to be there. Hey, you're their dad, right? They need you as you serve them. When you think of the king, as you think of the king, and you may say, well, the king of my home, my, my wife might not like it, you know, if I uh, start trying to think of myself as the king. I don't know, maybe, maybe if we would start treating her as the queen and uh, our, uh, our children as the princes and the princesses, uh, it would be a wonderful home, wouldn't it? <laughs> the reason why we have a little problem with us you know, thinking that we're the king of the home is because of what we've seen. We've seen corruption in kings that use and abuse their power, right? But the same is true with the prophets. There's false prophets. The same is true with priests. There's ungodly priests. But there are kings that are true and there are kings that are right that, that, uh, that would follow in fear of God and trust God and follow his example. And as, as fathers, this pure pure version, this 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 taking on the character of God as the as the king of your home, you would think of the king as the provider. In Philippians, Philippians chapter four, you can turn there. Philippians chapter four, the Bible says in another place that that all God is the giver of all uh, every good and perfect gift. You know the thing about God and thing about Christ as as the King is that He is a provider. He is our provider. He's provided everything for us. He's provided salvation, hasn't He? He's preparing us a home. He gives us His Spirit. He's a provider. He's a giver. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19, the Bible says, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God has made provision for us through Jesus Christ. All the needs that we have, all the things that we may Need and this is the privilege on Father's Day. We're talking about fathers, so but this is the privilege of the father to be able to give. To be able to give, you know, I think that it's so important for us as God's children, as God's people, to be thankful. To be thankful for all that He has given us, and you know, I think it's important that we be thankful. Because He wants to continue to bless us. I believe that He wants to continue to give. It's our unthankfulness that would probably hinder some of that. But as fathers, we find it, we find it to be true that it is better to give than to receive. To be able to give to our children, to be able to do for them, and then to see them be thankful for what He has done for us. Amen. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 and verse 13, he says, If ye then being evil 
know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? We have a wonderful Father who can do so much more than even we can do for our children as earthly fathers. That's, that gives you some peace, doesn't it? That gives us some hope and some faith in the future. When we think of a father as a king, you know they say that a, a man's house is his what? It's his castle, right? A man's house is his castle. And you know what the king does for the castle? He protects it. He protects it. And the man, he is the protector of the home. You know, you begin to see what a man will do. He will, he will lay down his life for his family without thinking about it. For his children or for his wife, right? It's just what a man will do. Oh, and all the time, he does these things, he, you know, he's got some imagination, but he'll always, he always, uh, Troy's starting that night too, he tells me that he will punch, he'll punch a bear, he tells me all the time now. <laughs> but Owen will come up with these things, he'll see a, see a, uh, you know, a python, or see a bear, or see something like that, and he'll come up and he'll say, Dad, what would you do if a bear was trying to get you? Dad, what would you do if a python was, you know, and I always get into it with them. I say, I take a knife and I get it. And I get into all the gory details on how I would, you know, get in there and fight the bear to get him off of, get him off of. You know what? You know, children, little children, you know what they all do? They all look to their dad. Like, ooh, that's the king, you know? That's the tough guy. And in your mind, you're thinking, my goodness, I would not want to fight the bear. <laughs> This is, this is fun to talk about. My goodness. But you would do it in a second if your child was in danger. Sometimes it's easier to see the physical, the physical dangers, right? But there are spiritual dangers as well. There's spiritual enemies. We understand this. And as the king, as the king of your home, the battle lines have already been drawn. There's spiritual enemies that would attack, would come after our children at times. And as the king of our home, we've got to be able to be able to go back to that place like the priest and go and make intercession for our children. You know, the spiritual warfare is a whole lot different than fighting a bear. It's done on our knees. It's done on our knees. It's done in prayer. That whole putting on the whole armor of God. He talks about the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit and all these things that we then put on. Then he says, praying always with all uh, prayer and supplication for all saints. As fathers, are we willing to say, hey, look, I am the king of my home and I'm going to protect it against the physical and the spiritual dangers. One last passage as we close in Joshua. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. I like Joshua. The whole book is interesting. Joshua, he is a great general. He spent his life in battle. That's what God told him to do. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. At the end of his life, he's addressing the nation of Israel, right? He is their leader. He's a good leader. 
is a good example of a leader. But you know what he was? We find at the end is all good leaders and the great, the great leaders, they led their home. He says in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, he says, and it seem, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, and choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, you've got to kind of picture this guy, this hardened, older <coughs> warrior, standing there addressing the nation of Israel. And he says, hey, if it's too hard for you, if it's too big of a deal, if it's not what you want to do to serve the Lord, he says, then you all, all, then you choose. You have the choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Because you know we're going to serve someone. Our home is going to serve someone. It's going to serve something. Whether it's we serve ourselves or we serve something else. Or we serve the Lord. He says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your father served that were on the other side of the flood. Or the gods of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. He says, you have choices. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know, but my goodness, that is, insp- that is just inspirational. And of course, the nation of Israel, they said, we will serve the Lord with you, Joshua. Us and our houses will serve the Lord with you too. But could you imagine Ben, one of Joshua's family standing there? And Joshua, after all he'd been through and all he'd done there and the battles that he'd fought, he stood and said, listen... I don't know, you, you can do what you want. Y'all have the choice that you want. You're all going to do what you want anyhow. But as for me, you, you know, you can look at the world today and the world is making decisions and it's going in a certain direction. And you know what? We can't. We, you know, God can change it, sure. But, but ultimately, we can just come to the point to say, but as for me and my house, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Making that choice. As a father, you may have that mindset to say, hey, our, our house, our foundation is built on the rock. And our trust is in the one true God, Jesus Christ. Fathers, as a prophet, our kids need to know what God says. There could be the next generation who doesn't put their faith and trust in the Word of God. And how sad would that be? It's a father's responsibility to know what God says and to know what we believe, to have a vision for the future. As the priest, we have to be making intercession for our children, praying for them, going to God on their behalf, seeking the Lord, teaching them to pray, serving them, and showing them an example of serving as the king of our home, the protector the provider, allowing them to know that they are part of the royal family of God. We can put as fathers sometimes too much pressure on ourselves. Don't be hard on ourselves. There's no perfect, perfect parent. Right? Sometimes we can put too much pressure. Fathers, it's good to know that we're loved. It's good to know and it's good to be needed, isn't it? It's good to be needed. We are needed are needed in our home as prophet, priest, and king. As we are 
trying to seek God and follow after God and taking on these roles as prophet, priest, and king. I doubt that we'll be able to get our, our kids to call us any one of those things. They'll just call us that. Amen? But that's good enough, isn't it? Nothing better than to have our children just call us that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for the example that You've given us. And Lord, it would would take Your strength and Your leading and guiding to turn us into uh, just prophets of our home and priests and kings, God, that would honor You, that would stand strong, Lord, and and lead our families uh, in a walk with You and in a relationship with You. God, I pray that You'd give us Your heart. God, I pray that You'd give us Your vision. Lord, I pray that You would make us uh, men like Joshua who would say, as for me and my house, Lord, we will serve the Lord. God, You are wonderful and You're good. God, we do thank You for the children that You've given us, God. What a gift and what a blessing. And Lord, we're thankful and help us, God, as we follow You in raising them and leading them to You. God, we love You and we thank You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.